0: little something for them cars that be bumping. Yeah, yeah. but
1: we need a beat that they can front to. Oh, that work. Be funky. You know what I'm saying? Cars, ride, drop, cars, ride, drop. Cars, ride, drop, funky. Cars, ride, drop. All the cars out there and all the brothers. Cars, ride, I like to the the front they ride. Cars, ride drop. Check it out. You know it's funky, funky, funky cause you heard it from hearsay A jam that you love that don't be getting no airplay Strictly for frontin' when you're riding around 12 o'clock at night with your windows down Headlights breaking cause your battery's drained Armor roll on your tires and a big old chain Parkin' outside all the hip hop spots Push the EQ and play connect the dots Leaning to the side, people everywhere The trunk full of amps, there ain't no room for a spare Big beats bumping with the bass and bass, all the sophisticated suckers is such a heart attack. Cause they don't understand why I act this way, pumping up the funky beat until the break of day. It's because I want attention when I'm riding by, and the girls be on my job cause my systems fly. What
2: is up, everybody? It's, uh, your main man, Brandon McGrath, back at you again. I'm here with none other than my main man, Lorenzo McDonald, a.k.a. Elzo, a.k.a. DJ Elzo, a.k.a. 11th Hour Marauder, a.k.a.
3: Lorenzo Cruz,
2: a.k.a. Lorenzo Cruz, Lorenzo Wallace, Lorenzo Wallace. I got a bunch. You got a ton of names. <laughs> what is your real, your real last name? realize McDonald, right? Uh It was.
3: Oh, it was. Oh, it did you change ch- it? It got changed when I was a kid, but. Oh, okay. It's Lorenzo Cruz Wallace, Wallace is what it is now. Damn, dog. So you went from Irish to Scottish?
2: Yeah. It's fucked up. Mexican. You look, uh, even though you look hella Mexican, <laughs> but like handsome Mexican. Oh, well, thank you. O- almost like, I don't know, Costa Rican. Oh, for real? That's right. Maybe that's why the girls like you so much, dude. Maybe. It's the green eyes. It is. See, that's that Irish, though. You got that yeah. Irish. I I rexican. That's
3: what you are. (laughs) But I got a weird... I got like a light brown beard. Well,
2: I mean, at least you do have a light brown beard. I got a red beard, which is awful because every girl in the world thinks that I got a fire crotch, which is not fun. That's dope. It's not true. (laughs) I just have a red infused beard. and Now that I'm getting older, I'm getting fucking gray hairs in it too, which is
3: even more awful. See, a couple of years ago, I thought getting gray hairs like in the beard and the hair would be cool. yeah. I haven't had to yet. Well, yeah, you're
2: still relatively young. I mean, you're not that many years behind me, but... Next month, dude. I know. Next month, I'll be 30 years old. Damn. <laughs> that's so tight, though. So, I've known you for 16 years now? Yeah. Since you were 14? Mm-hmm. That shit's crazy. Good old hideout, man. Yeah. <sighs> Fucking, that's that's where I met you, right? The hideout? Yeah. Doing hip-hop nights?
3: Doing hip-hop Thursdays, yeah, freestyle Thursdays. Was it freestyle? Was it? Th- did we do Tuesday? No, it was always Thursdays. I did Blue Lamp Tuesdays.
2: That's right, Blue Lamp Tuesdays, and then Hip Hop Thursdays at. And you were underage the whole time.
3: I learned that. Back in the day, if you were underage, you could go to any bar with a bag of records, tell the bouncer you're a DJ, and they won't even question you. They don't. They wouldn't <laughs>
2: give a fuck. They don't check your ID or nothing. Nope. They did not care. I remember all every time we we'd be in all the spots with you. And they'd never, as long as you had records and were spinning at some point, they did not give a shit. So for for our listeners, give them a little background on yourself, like where you are from, what you do, all that fun stuff. Yeah,
3: I'm from Los Angeles, California, right outside of Long Beach called Norwalk. Moved to Carson City when I was six, seven-ish. Probably around 17. I started just kicking it in Reno as much as I possibly could until I just eventually moved here. Um, met you and most of my friends that I still have today through DJing. I learned how to DJ at a real young age. Uh, and yeah, by the time I was 15, I had like three weeklies at a, at different bars. Who'd you learn how to DJ from? My cousin, Derek, who's four years older than me. And he was, what was he, was this an Ecto-1 <clears throat> his Ecto-1 or something like His name's it? Ecto, everyone calls him Ecto. He's, or called him Ecto, right? He doesn't even... Well, remember. actually, he's starting to... He wants to come back and, like... Oh, really? Do some shows, and he's a phenomenal producer, a great DJ. Uh, kind of a funny story, so... Taking it way back. As a kid, I really liked uh, Chris Cross.
2: Who didn't like Chris Cross? The rap
3: group, they wore their clothes The backwards. only
2: reason why any white kid brought, <laughs> bought cross-color clothes is because right. Chris Cross sported them in
3: their videos. Yeah. Straight up. So I loved Criss Cross, had their posters, I loved uh, Michael Jackson, and that was pretty much the music I liked. I loved Michael Jackson, no
2: bullshit, my aunt's nickname for me growing up was Beat It, because I used to crush, I used to moonwalk, I used to do the whole like Beat It thing, I used to rock, like literally from beginning to end, from like Vincent Price to like laughing Vincent Price, the (laughs) end of the thriller, dude, I'd do that whole dance, shit was tight.
3: I had, uh, it was cool, because... My grandparents were down for me liking music, you know. Growing up with my grandparents in Carson City, yeah, uh, they would buy me cassette tapes that I wanted. I had the Crisscross tape, I had the Michael Jackson Dangerous album on tape, bad oh, shit. on tape. I loved it. Yeah. And uh, here's how it all started with me: is my cousin lived with us for a summer, and uh, I loved Iron Man when I was a kid. The, like the Black Sabbath, the, Sabbath song? No, the, 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 the comic character. Oh, okay, okay. So I loved Iron Man, right? My dad would like, read me Iron Man comics when I was a little That's kid. That's so tight. Yeah, it was pretty cool. That's you, right. And, uh, you know, like Hot Stuff comics and Richie Rich comics and stuff like that. But I loved Iron Man. So my cousin, knowing I loved Iron Man, showed me the Black Sabbath song. But he didn't really show me the song. He just showed me the part where he says... I'm Iron Man. Oh, really? Yeah. And I just remember tripping out being like, whoa, like, if that's what he taught, I wonder if that's what he sounds like, you know, like, just yeah, yeah. tripping, being a little kid.
2: It's like so, an alliteration almost. Yeah. It's crazy.
3: So he's gone. It was a couple of days later. I want to hear that again. And so I'm going through his stack of CDs that he had left in my house and I see a CD called Iron Man and I'm like, clearly this must be it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I was way off. It was Ghostface Killers first album. Iron Man, I took it and I listened to it front to back so many times trying to find that one part. No shit, that was, that was Black Sabbath. So you basically like stumbled on the hip hop, yeah. and I loved. By the time I was done listening to it back, I like knew the words. And the, the fucking the Jizza turned you out, huh? Uh Yeah, that's gizza, tight. Jizza, uh, uh, Ghostface, uh, only built for Cuban links. Raekwon, I loved all of it. Was 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 Jesus? No, that was Ghostface's album. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah, it was Ghostface. Ghostface. Right. So, yeah. so Ghostface turned you like, out. Liquid Swords. Liquid that's Swords. A, that's yeah. right. Same time those came out. Yeah. And then there was oh man. So he had my cousin had uh, he had his first set of turntables. And I think a lot of it was me just wanting to be do what my cousin did, and he was my influence. So I was just sure. like, I'm going to do what he does. This is cool. And and he probably just thought it was funny. Like oh, I'm going to teach him little. Yeah. Keep in mind he's I'm I'm 11 years old at this time and uh, he's just teaching me kind of little funny things here and there and he didn't think I was going to keep up on it but Christmas time came my grandparents got me my own set of beginner turntables that's tight though yeah they were like plastic belt drives they weren't very great but you know so I set those up in my house practiced and throughout the years it just got better and better by the time I was 15 uh I mean I don't want to like toot my own horn here but I was pretty good (laughs) <laughs> i to took your own horn, because for as long as I've
2: known in this town, as far as vinyl mixing, you know, just actually being a DJ, like, you're still one of the only ones that I could, like, A, have faith in, being like, yo, you guys need a DJ that can wreck vinyl, that can beat match, that can fucking scratch hella good, that can, you know, I'm always, I always think of you, because you're yeah. the only dude who's ever impressed me on turntables, other right. than, like, somebody who's from out of town and, like, right, a big right. act or whatever.
3: Yeah, back in the day, when I finally got, like, my first Techniques 1200, turntable or, you know, my first mix, like first real mixer, uh, I'd go to my cousin's house at this point, he lived down the street from me. We had our stuff set up. He had his turntables. I had my turntables and we would just play a beat and practice scratching for hours. That's time <laughs> People would come over to hang out and then they would just leave because... We were just scratching. Like. The hell
2: reminds me of, uh, of like Beach Street or, mm-hmm. or, or it even when they're just like, they're up in there like constantly trying to
3: make new cool yeah. sounds and shit. And like. Well, so funny you bring that up. So after I like listened to the, the Back to Being Eleven, I listened to that record and I loved it and I started getting into hip hop. MTV did like a thing. It was like a tribute to the old school days. It was like a whole week of they were playing like old Yo! MTV raps. Interviews with like Grandmaster Flash, interviews with the Fat Boys, so all the mid eighties, yeah. like mid they're to late eighties, cool playing shit. like Crush Groove and, nice. and stuff like that. And I just watched it all, and I loved it. I took it all in. Yeah, I ended up buying like uh, Grandmaster Flash mixtapes and stuff like that. Could you
2: imagine how fucking cool it was to a, to to be? Now I I, I I was born in eighty one so for me I was still a little too young to fully appreciate what was going on because by, by 85 85 to 89 was like huge for hip hop oh. whereas all the, all the big acts were coming out and, and everything was changing and everything was progressing and the rhyme schemes were getting better and the production was getting better the beats were getting better all that stuff. And New York was huge. And and it was just like this huge scene of just like B-boys and, and hip-hop artists and graffiti and just all this dope, intrinsic, amazing black culture that assimilated, that basically every white person ended up adopting over the next 20 years because of how... Basically, how fucking cool it was, yeah. and how intrinsic to American society was, <laughs> and pop culture. Culture. I mean, really, if it wasn't for hip hop and it wasn't for black people,
3: America wouldn't be where it is right now. No. Straight up. When you start seeing graffiti and sprite advertisements and break in every commercial yeah. and rapping and stuff like that, it's yeah. like, whoa, this has gone a lot farther than I think anyone ever planned.
2: Absolutely. Well, especially, you know, <laughs> especially establishment. White people, you know, <laughs> white privilege. White people from, from back in the day that probably looked at rap and just said, "Oh, that's crap." Yeah. That's, I mean, I remember. I remember no bullshit. One day, I was bumping, and it makes sense because I mean, of course, it's 1992 or three. I think it was 93, and I'm sitting in my bedroom and I got Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style tape bumping great, hard. Great album, so good, beautiful album, and I'm just singing every song. M- mind you, I am uh, 12, 11, 12 at this time. But, like, just fucking bumping it hard. Singing every lyric, you know. And uh, <laughs> my old man walks in. And, and I think he just came in to, like, say something to me. And I didn't get an opportunity to turn the stereo down. So he hears this. And he's like, what the fuck is this? I'm like, it's Snoop Dogg, Dad. It's doggy style. He's like, this is fucking bullshit. This rap crap. What the fuck? And he pulls it out and, like, breaks the tape. And I was like, oh, well, that just happened. <laughs> what did I do the next day? Stole 10 bucks out of his wallet and went about another <laughs> one.
3: <laughs> I had a, a similar situation. I had uh, Biggie had just died. So I was like so 97. So 97? Yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> kind of funny, I went to the carnival in Carson City, and I played the game where you throw the dart at the balloons, yeah. and I won uh, a, a, like an 8x10 framed picture you know and sometimes they're they're all kinds of weird shit sure i saw a picture of biggie and i was like i know i like that dude i couldn't i wasn't the biggest biggie fan yet i didn't know yeah. anything too much but i was like i want that so i took it home put it on my wall the next day my grandpa was like you know that guy got shot right and you know he's like you shouldn't be listening to that and blah blah blah, blah really blah. oh yeah and he like freaked out about it uh i think i told them for christmas i wanted i wanted biggie's album and they wouldn't buy it for me. The people at the music store. Was that, that was Life After Death, right? Because uh, Ready to Die came out in 95? Yeah, yeah, but I wanted, I wanted the first one. Well, well the I loved that More Money, More Problems song on a second album.
2: Yeah, everybody um, did. I mean, right. it was
3: everywhere. Well, they wouldn't buy it for me. My cousin Derek, Ecto, he ended up buying it for me for Christmas, and he was more like, if you're going to listen to Biggie, you're going to listen to some old stuff. You're going nice. to listen to the rad stuff. So, And since then, Biggie is probably one of my top five favorite MCs. Yeah,
2: as far as lyrically, uh, he's
3: unfuckable.
2: Period. I mean, the dude, the the dude literally, you know, grew up in Brooklyn, and out of just opportunity and selling crack and mm-hmm. being on the streets all the damn time, being smart. I mean, you can't be that good of a lyricist. You can't be that good of a. A street businessman like he was and doing what he did and staying out of trouble as much as he did without being pretty intelligent, you know? So yeah. kudos to him for doing the, doing the damn thing. And, and, uh, just crazy, man. Puff Daddy fucking
3: getting involved and then it all just blew up. Yeah. It's nuts. But, uh, yeah, Biggie was always one of my favorites. I, to this day, I love it. I, I still buy, I'll go on eBay and find like a weird, rare Biggie single bid on it try to get it on vinyl. No shit. Yeah. So, kind of getting sidetracked, but, yeah, so, it's I was, right. so I started DJing shows, sneaking into bars or bringing records to get into bars to DJ. <laughs> Never drank, didn't care, just wanted to DJ. Just thought it was so cool that I could, like, be the one providing instrumentals for everyone to freestyle. Yeah. I just thought it was so cool. And that's where I met you, at the hideout. And, uh, yeah, by the time I was 15, I was DJing Tuesday nights at the Blue Lamp, Thursday nights at the Hideout, and Friday nights at the Zephyr. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: so tight. Dude, MC such and such, man. Those were the days. Those were the days. I used to bless that microphone. I miss, I miss that a lot, yeah. actually. I, I miss just fucking, yeah, just doing like freestyles. Just doing, just going to a bar, listening to dope beats, and just trying to rock over them
3: and have fun with yeah. your boys. And For uh, people who don't know the Hideout, the capacity for the Hideout, it's like, what? Twenty-five people. <laughs> I mean,
2: <laughs> fire capacity. Yeah, like thirty yeah, people. No, maybe real
3: small place, pool tables, but we would get that place filled with people. Just we like,
2: have, we'd have sometimes a hundred people in there, yeah. just just wall to wall people. We'd move the pool tables over, over or out depending, and uh, and literally. Just wreck shop all night long yeah. and have so much fun yeah. and dance. And cats would break dance. We'd have cyphers outside where, where dudes would just, like, you know, we'd go, cats would go outside for a smoke break and
3: then just break out into, like, a battle. Yeah. And it was, like, just like not, not, not to say, not to say it like, I don't know. Just, it, was, it was all positive energy. Like, it was. It was all just fun. And it was such a cool thing to come into, especially me being super young. Well, and remember at that time. Which was, what was it? That was probably about 1998,
2: 99, I think. Maybe 2000, right around there. Um, At that time, hip hop was still, A, the internet still wasn't that big of a thing. Mm -hmm. So the pop culture behind hip hop wasn't there. It was all, it was all. If you knew about an artist, if you knew about Wu-Tang or Biggie or whatever, you had to hear a song. You had to become a fan, and then you had to learn about them through being a fan. You couldn't just stumble upon it yep. and then... The most a, was
3: like the source. You could check oh, Exactly. the unsigned, exactly. unsigned hype uh, section yeah. or the the five mics
2: section. Yeah, Five mics is what a lot of people look to. You yeah. know, oh, this album got two mics. This album got five, whatever. So, um, yeah, and... and being in Reno, which was, especially back then, there wasn't a lot of hip-hop culture, so to be able to to have cats that would come through that were dope, you know, and, and some of us that weren't but still just wanted to have fun and wanted to get better at the art that was freestyling or rapping or hip-hop or, or break dancing or whatever else, it was really... Fucking cool to to have and allow for that element of subculture to fuse into somewhere in, in Reno's history, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and and really, we were a huge part of that, oh, you yeah. know. And that's awesome, you know. All the dudes, you know, Tree, Matty B, um, even you J-B. know, yeah, J U B, yeah, Jimmy, Tree. I think I already said Tree. Yeah. Um, who else used to come through all the time? Ever, I th- like honestly,
3: everyone. Like it was. All the element Thursday dudes. Thursday nights, everyone would come through. Yeah, everyone. Yeah, would element come through. dudes who are now would the Black Rock City All Star guys. Yeah, Black Rock City All Star uh, dudes. You know, Jamal would come through. This is like pre who cares, pre any of that. Yeah. And like kick it and. Ernie. Ernie started coming around, but that was Ernie later. Would come around, yeah. Well, we wouldn't just do the hideout. We remember we did those like. Green Room, too. We did green, green room. room. We did those. Uh, remember those, those like parking lot sessions we would do? That's or, right. The Zephyr. Yep. Mm hmm. Parkwalk sessions We do the Zephyr the, the best was when Every once in a
2: while we do house parties Or like frat parties And shit And that shit was mad fun There was a couple of Fucking rad house parties Like I remember me and Tree uh, Did this house party at It was up by the university It might have been a frat party But I think it was just a house party And it was literally like a DJ Just some random fucking white dude Um that was like, yo, they want people to come through freestyle. We'll pay you guys to come through. And they gave us like 50 bucks. And then I didn't drink, but tree did. So there's like, gave him free beer. And I was like, you know, give me sodas or whatever. And, uh, we literally just like, there was probably like, Throughout the night, probably like 250 people at this party, and so like in this one room just packed, and we were literally just feed off each other and freestyle and fuck around and talk shit to the crowd, and then do like the the whole uh, supernat thing and have them throw words at nice. us and freestyle it and shit. That's awesome, and it was so fun. And just like any moment in time, it would do. Me and you opened the fucking that atmosphere show. Yep. At uh, and that was total spur
3: of the moment. Yeah. Well, total uh, spur of the moment. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, they just needed somebody to DJ the in between and before and after sets and stuff like yeah. that. And then, yeah, you came up, did a little freestyle session. I don't know if you did verses or not.
2: Yeah, no, I just hyped it up. Yeah. I, I never did verses. I always just freestyle because it was way more fun for me. Remember uh,
3: that show we did? This total, it was uh, Ian's record release show. At, oh my uh, god, I forgot about the that. Ar- the Archaic. You, I remember it actually pretty well. You came and picked me up from Carson City. Loaded my turntables in your car, kind of talked about it, showed up just in time, and me and you did a total, like, just set that we pulled out of our asses. Yeah. And people loved it. People loved it.
2: Which (laughs) pisses me off, because we should have kept doing that. Yeah. (laughs) I hated that. One thing that I always, I can't say I regretted, because it wasn't really my doing, per se, but what I wish we would have done was taken, because there were quite a few times we had momentum doing things, and we just stopped doing it. Yeah. But that's life. I mean, yeah. that's what happens, you know, so.
3: Well, I just remember it's cool. Like, we can get, you know, you doing verses or freestyles and me just dropping random instrumentals, cutting out cutting them out at the end of the measure, and you, like, hitting them with a punchline. That was just, like, energy that was just. Yeah. Like they it, always fed it was, off it, too. I always it got great
2: responses. It was fun. A- anything. And, you know, it wasn't about, it was all about the art, for sure, and respecting it and making sure that we, you know, did it some form of justice. Um there was definitely some cats who kind of were involved with it that I don't think had its best interest at heart, but just were kind of doing it because they felt like that's where they needed to be. Um, but, you know, it is, I think that's involved with any any subculture or whatever. And then there was some cats who just, like, absolutely were a blessing to have around, yeah. you know. So it's kind of the same with everything. So, fuck, dude. <laughs> Man, that was fun times. That was fun times back then. See, for those of you that don't know, I used to uh, I used to do hip hop a lot. Um, I went under the under the name MC Such and Such, and I would do everything from freestyle in between sets at like metal and hardcore shows out of town to me and Elzo would do gigs together. Um, I rocked with and and created or co created the Cheese Ballers, which was a parody gangster <laughs> rap group, which was hilarious. Um, And, uh, and just always try to have fun with it. You know, it
3: was one of those things, uh, man, I miss it. I miss it for sure. It was Um, weird. Like how hard it is now to get four or five people to sit in a room and try to collab on something. Yeah. When you look back at how easy it was at some point,
2: I think because the feeling of it back then was so natural and so. Like every time you're like, Yeah, let's do this, it was like a big deal. Yeah. Whereas now everything's so readily available, you can just hit people up on the internet and then not only that, but everybody kinda has an ego, especially from the people who used to do it to right. doing it now. It's like I don't know if they feel like they're wasting their time or whatever else, but it's hard to get people to do anything, even bands. Me and you were in hardcore bands yeah. forever playing me me and you both play bass mm-hmm. and uh and it's hard to find you know, four, three or four other quality dudes or, or girls to be in a band with or to do a project with that aren't going to be flaky and that, that are mature enough to handle making decisions and money and everything else. And,
3: right. you know, that was like, uh, I was in a band called Wolf City and. That was that, a, they were fun. Dude, that was a fun band. Oh, it was a lot of fun. And yeah. that was cool because uh, we had a, once we got a practice spot, we were like, okay, we all know three to four days a week we're practicing no matter what. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't, it was fun to be at practice. You know, we, we'd always have shows coming up and we'd have like, you know, it was cool. Like talk about what we're going to do with the show, like how we're going to switch up our set from last time to this time and stuff like that. And it was a lot of fun, but yeah, but you know, and then unfortunately stuff like that eventually fades away or whatever. And then, you know, you try it again and sometimes it just doesn't work with other other people or whatever. Yeah. Once you get
2: into that, (laughs) And I think it's, it's kind of honestly, that, that's kind of the way that the world works. It's not just with this project or that or it's work, it's everything. It's kind of the way things flow is that when you get a group of people who are competent that are working towards a common goal, whether it be in music or work or whatever else, things tend to flow better, you know? And so you get to make great music when you get or you get to, you know, be mad productive at work or you get to, you know, kill a project or or come up with a fucking dope new hip hop song or just whatever else, you know. So I think, too, with hardcore,
3: with hardcore, it was it was always about being for friends. Yeah, absolutely. Way made it way easier than just being like, oh, this dude plays bass. This guy plays guitar. Let's ask him to join our band. Yeah, because then you got way different personalities trying to clash and stuff like that Yeah, and, you know when it's four friends that genuinely got along that, that seemed to be the
2: easiest yeah absolutely times. the the one result that you wanted to see as a musician in a hardcore band especially being from Reno was everybody fucking jumping around having a great time laughing moshing um being goofy um singing along I mean that was what made it fucking fun and right. cool so same with hip hop. I mean, it's the same oh, thing. Yeah. That's what you're, you're, the end result was. Although there was more kind of bravado, I think, with hip hop, there was more of that me factor, you know, because that's, that's what hip hop's about. Right. Um, you know, to show out, show improve. So,
3: but. Right. Just for uh, clarification, I just to go back a little bit and talk about what we're talking about. After all that, DJing and, and hip hop shows, and I DJed for Wu Tang one night, that was probably one of the highlights. That that's was, tight. Their like dat tape broke, so I had to like fill in and play instrumentals while they rapped, and that was super crazy. Like, which is actually way tighter because then you're just like, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just there to be like in the background, but then they were like, Yo, <coughs> here's our instrumentals, can you spin these while we rap? And also, do you have any Mob Deep? We love Mob Deep, of <laughs> course. I was, like, course sure. I I was do. like, Sure, I, do. <laughs> the infamous? Yeah. I got you. So, did stuff like that, and then to use the hip hop term I kind of fell off for a couple of years. I just like I got into some other other kinds of music, other, you know, things started taking over and I kind of put DJing aside for a long time. And now here I am the past couple of years getting back into it, getting my turntables back. I'm still using vinyl. I still like using a, a you know, records. And some people come at me and they're like, "Oh, that's like the hipster thing. You're collecting records and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, I just, this is how I learned yeah. This is what That's I That's bullshit.
2: I've been doing this. Yeah. So
3: actually, you're the fucking hipster. Yeah. Get off my phone. I'm back. the one who's been doing this since I was 12. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh. Haters, yeah. man. Yeah, it's whatever. I don't care. I can, I mean, I, you know, I'll step up to any DJ who uses a computer. I'll bring my two records with <laughs> Dude, A&T. it's not, I'm sorry, dude. Vinyl DJing is real DJing. Right. Uh, DJing
2: with Serato and either cdjs or even just the elect- electronic just, mixers yeah, or whatever with the electronic tables or anything like then. that or yeah controllers all that stuff too easy it's way too easy you just spin mp3s you do drag and drop and it you does play the song it's
3: everything for you it, it literally it, does it, everything it, for it'll you. it'll bpm two songs together and even drop it at the beginning of the measure it takes
2: you. honestly it takes uh, like one tenth of the talent to dj that way than it does to a vinyl Vinyl's hard. You have to you have to match everything. You have to know the BPM of your records. You've got to know, you know.
3: Well, I think what it is is you have to listen to your records. You have to listen yeah. to music. You have yeah. to know, like, well, I'm bringing this record in, and they start rapping at you know, eight measures in. So that means I have eight measures to get to blend from one song to another before there's yeah. rapping over rapping.
2: Yeah, true. You know,
3: or singing over singing or whatever. So, yeah, it's definitely a uh, kind of a lost art form. Yeah, but for sure, I love it. It's talent, man. It's just plain and simple.
2: It's talent. And that's dope. So, alright, so that was, that's kind of the grown up side of Elzo and Mm -hmm. me. Kind of our brief, brief early history. But, uh, what do you do now, man? What do
3: you do for fun now? What's your, what's your thing? Well, like I said, getting back into DJing the past couple years, I really missed it. You know, and people were hitting me up too. Like, you need to, you done a DJ this, like you should do it. And I was always like, eh, whatever. But now I, I love it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, other than that, man, I just work, I work and I hang out. I still got, you know, a bunch of good friends and kind of just take it easy. You know, honestly, and I was listening to the, your podcast from with tiny and you guys are talking about, you know, 2016 being a good year PMA. And I just thought about it and I was like, man, this so far, I mean, we're only a month in, but so far I've been enjoying myself. 2016 has been a good year. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh I was man. I caught myself walking around work the other day with like kind of a little smirk on my face, and I realized I'm just like a happy dude. It's good, man. Yeah, like I'm a, I'm trying to be po- as positive as I can, and it's awesome.
2: I think as you get older, um, to keep your perspective and your outlook upbeat and 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 a, a weird word to describe it, but just keep it clean. You know, um, helps you. It helps your psyche. It helps you feel better as a person. It helps you health wise, everything. Because honestly. After after I kind of promised myself around New Year's, hey, like, I'm not going to do no resolutions, but I'm just going to, A, be a better person, B, treat myself better, and C, constantly worry about being positive in any situation I'm in. And I honestly, I feel great. Like, mentally, yeah. I feel amazing. Like, work is great. You know, everything is great other than dealing with some little health issues I have here and there. Like, I feel like a million bucks. You know, I feel like I've got a great core group of friends around me. Um, Me and a, a really good buddy of mine, Jess always say, and it's a line from a, from a Drake song, but it's so true. Circle gets smaller, walls get taller. And the thing is, is you surround yourself with those good people that, you know, you can trust that have your back that have had your back and that, uh, and that not only that, but that are fun to be around and that you can have a conversation with and, and that, you know, you can trust to watch your kids or your dogs or something like that because they're like family. And so I've focused on those people and those things in my life, even just over the last few weeks. And
3: I'm way happier. Yeah. Way happier already. Yeah, definitely me too. It's uh, I definitely say my group of friends has been smaller, you know, since, a couple years ago when i was playing in bands and stuff like that but yeah. it's you know it's all good <laughs> that's what
2: happens is though man there's a lot of acquaintances when you're when you're involved in something like that and they quickly go by the wayside after uh well, i just realized i wasn't talking to mike but anyway <laughs> <laughs> a lot of acquaintances that quickly go to the wayside after you're not performing or doing any of that stuff anymore so but you know it is what it is um so what do you think do what do you think about the present state of hip-hop like like new records, what's what's
3: going on with the industry? Like here's, what do you think uh, about it? Here's something that I noticed that I kinda of thought of recently, um that I wish would happen more. Uh, there is a lot of uh, upcoming people that I actually like. And the difference Name between, a few. Name a few. Um Joey Badass I think is really cool. I, I actually dig the new Action Brownson record. That new J. Cole record is really good. Yeah, I love uh, the J. Cole record. Yeah. The difference between me and you You've always been down for all kinds of hip hop, yeah. Be it West Coast, West Coast, Coast. Southern, yeah. Southern gangster rap, like bounce shit, yeah. c- commercial hip hop, whatever It sounds good. You like you know it. me, do the
2: sixty eight Falcon. Remember, I used to bump anything, yeah, yeah. anything. Outcast, E forty, yeah, well, and I, Tupac, and I love Biggie. Too,
3: but me being getting into it at such a young age, I think I was super stubborn. I was always like, if it doesn't have that classic hip hop formula, then it yeah, is, if it, it doesn't shit. have a break underneath yeah, it like, with the you know. F- good real sounding drums like a bass line a, a dope sample <clears throat> you know I just hated on it you know, yeah. right? and I'm trying to get over that uh, that's, you know, I, everyone kept telling me like listen to the new J. Cole like you'll like it and I was like I don't think I'm going to like it sure enough I listen to it I like it dude a lot. it's dope it's uh, really good Kendrick is cool Kendrick I was actually really impressed with I watched the interview with him and he said uh, there's a lot of samples on his record
2: have you heard the new album yeah. The newest
3: yeah well there's only talking. like two tracks on it that I like, uh, especially coming from they're the, weird, but it's weird. I, I did like it, but I, thought, I just thought this was cool he all the samples that are done on the songs are done from either like 74 to 76 oh really yeah. like on purpose yeah like he Why? Did, I think he just said that those were like the records that he was listening to growing up
2: oh so they you had I mean? so they pulled weight with him and he wanted to use them on this mm-hmm. out so I, think it's I pretty mean cool. It's cool, but it's just, it's it's, weird. it's such a strange, it's a really strange contrast from his first album to go first album and then to jump ship and completely do different. I mean, I mean, although his, his rhyme schemes are dope, his delivery is dope, his cadence dope. Like I respect that, but then just the production is way different and, mm-hmm. and almost weird on a lot of the songs. It and it's just like, wow, why would you Some do that? Some of those that?
3: songs I really like, though, like, they're the really jazzy, like real jazz jazzy sure. samples and stuff like that. But, but if you're not
2: expecting Jasmataz, oh, well, but it kind of yeah, you know what I'm saying like if you're if you go from <laughs> fucking uh what is uh what is that last album called Section Eighty or some shit like that I uh, can't Kendrick? yeah, the, the newest pre- one no, his previous album uh game. oh, it's called Mad City or yeah. something like that um but those i mean just the production well, because of Dr.
3: dre, the production on that first album was insane, which uh. The recipe. I don't know if you know that song yeah, on there. Yeah, of course. That song's produced by this dude named Scoop DeVille. Oh, really? Who is uh, Kid Frost's son. A little la- Latino legend. That's tight. Latino rapper legend. Uh, Wasn't
2: he, isn't Kid Frost involved in the Delinquent Habits? Wasn't he
3: one Probably. of the... Probably. Actually, yeah, yeah. you know, Delin- Delinquent Habits is from Norwalk. That's my hometown. Oh, no shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tres delinquentes. Yeah. Orale. Dude, that's, that's tight. <laughs> I love that record. But, uh... Yeah, Kid Frost is super old, you know, Latino rapper and then his kid is Scoop Deville. And you know what's funny is he's popping up all over the place and no one really knows it because he's laying low, but he's doing rad production. To that's, uh, that's you know, that's exactly how well, that's
2: how Kendrick got noticed first. Mm-hmm. That's how Kanye got noticed first. Production I mean, Jay Z had his production on his stuff forever mm-hmm. until he got noticed. That's how you gotta do it, I think. I think you just gotta keep throwing out them bangers until somebody's just like, damn.
3: So here, here's one thing, to kind of off topic, not really though, one thing that I noticed from back in the day that now that has changed a lot that I wish hadn't changed, is, and we'll take it way back to say, like, if you were to go into a record store, and let's say you're looking for Mar- a Marvin Gaye sure. record, and if you're digging through the Marvin Gaye section, you're going to find so many Marvin Gaye songs that you've never heard, that you've never, you know, and you go to the, the 45s, and you'll find, like, the song you're looking for, and then on the B side is, like, a song you've never heard before, yeah. Jackson 5, same thing, or... James Brown, any of the Motown records, all those, because you know what uh, they did back then—they just recorded. They and sat in the studio. They were they, they recorded were and toured. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. So and they released records. Like people can say, like, "Oh, I have a James Brown album." Well, he released however many, probably albums twenty-five on, albums on vinyl. Yeah, on albums and on vinyl. Uh, I feel like hip hop in the '90s and the best, you know, like not best, but probably the the high point of it. They were doing a lot of that. You would find. Uh, collaborations and they would release it just for vinyl or, or oh, just yeah. for mixtapes or oh, yeah. the, they would just record and then they'd be like, oh, well, this song didn't make the album. We'll put it on the B side of the single, send it to all the radio DJs, you know, they'll bump it wherever they're from. They'll put it on mixtapes. Yeah. I just don't think there's enough of that.
2: Absolutely not. There definitely is not. The thing is, is that that stuff now exists on the internet. They'll Mm -hmm. put up their little B sides and random tracks and shit on their social networks or whatever else. Like, you know, especially the more underground cats do that stuff. Um, whereas, yeah, I mean, all that stuff that really was intrinsic to like, you know, the golden era of hip hop, which to me is basically like 92 to 98. Mm -hmm. Um, Basically, all that stuff was because, A, record label still existed, so there was money in hip-hop still, and the internet didn't exist, so there was money in hip-hop still, and when you take money and give it to an artist, on their downtime, what they're doing is they're in the studio. Mm -hmm. They're in the studio writing. When they're not touring, when they're not out making money, the only way that they can make money is to be in the studio making records. So... And that has since completely changed because the recording industry has completely changed. Wow, people are
3: recording full records in their house. Yeah,
2: we're recording we're recording <laughs> yes. this with great sound quality into this little device. I mean it's it's that's one of those things where it's like the technology has come so far that everything that was intrinsic to hip hop or, or metal or really any form of music back then is completely different now. Mm-hmm. The game has changed.
3: Yeah. For real. I just loved being able to pick up you know, uh, a Dr. Dre single and on one side is G thing and the other side is a song that didn't make the chronic yeah and then there's also a bonus beat at the yeah. at the end and that yeah. that's dJ that's dJ nerd like stuff talking, but at the same time people were going to hear these songs and be yeah. like, whoa like where did that song come from? And yeah that, and then the record labels themselves would put out compilations and they wouldn't just throw songs on there they would write songs, yeah record songs just specifically for, for those compilations, yeah, yeah for sure.
2: Yeah, I remember. I remember they used to do East West comps. They used to do like Southwest Riders had a had a comp that was all just like like slump artists and like E forty and and be legit and just like grimy like you know just like all sorts of just crazy stuff. You know, it's the the and then you had the emergence of like Southern hip hop and you know Baby and uh, Juvenile and all that stuff that, that came out in the 90s also um, that was actually, I mean, in its own right, dope. And uh, and, well, and a lot of other artists that, that nobody really knew about back then. And then you had the ATL stuff. You had Outkast and Goody Mob, which just absolutely revolutionized hip-hop as far as I'm concerned. To this
3: day, I love Outkast. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're still so great.
2: Yeah. Uh, between Outkast and Goody Mob, maybe a little organized confusion, some other things like... You know, he mixed that in with, with you know, the the kind of the gangster slash West Coast flavor of like you know Tupac and Dr Dre and Snoop Dogg, and then the East Coast you know Biggie and Jay Z and and EPMD and and all that stuff, and it just it just is all the different styles, and all, it's just enigmatic. It's so cool, you know, and it was dope to grow up and be able to listen to that stuff and hear it for the first time. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, my pride in that is that if, when I look back at like older dudes, like like my buddies that I play poker with on Wednesdays who are all, you know, most of them are in their 50s and 60s, um, but they got to grow up with classic rock, with the emergence of all classic rock and even some really good jazz and some good standards that were one-off music. And so for us, rock and roll had been done before, but for us hip hop had not. Mm. So we got to grow up and hear some amazing shit for the first time. So for us, that's our our musical revolution was hip hop, you know, if you think about it. And our and our kind of what's intrinsic to our generation is hip hop as far as music is concerned, and really as far as culture is concerned. There's no one bigger element of American culture than the influence that hip hop has had. Oh yeah.
3: And just think it started in, uh, you know, the projects in, in, uh, the South Bronx. Yeah. And to where it's gone. Like Queensbridge. Look at Nas coming out of Queensbridge and
2: just killing it with... Well, I remember when Rapper's Delight,
3: Rapper's Delight, well, I don't remember when it came out, but I remember reading a bunch of stuff about it, about, like, how the guys on it weren't from New York, they were from Jersey or something like that, and, like, people were freaking out about that, because they, at the time, they thought hip-hop was just going to be a New York thing. Yeah. But... You know, and then Blondie rapped with, with uh, Fab Five Freddy. Yeah. And, and killed uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She had, like, graffiti writers in her video and break dancers. Like, yeah. there, right there. Was, Aerosmith like, and Run DMC. Aerosmith and Run DMC. Um, Anthrax and... Uh, 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 no, no. no uh, Public Enemy. No, Anthrax and Public Enemy. And then, and then Biohazard and Onyx. That's right. Oh, that's right. I so forgot like, about that. I mean, that's... There's a lot of years in between each one of those, but... It was just bound to blow up. It Absolutely. was never going to stay yeah. just a New York thing. And now it's... It's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it's cool. It's you... I feel privileged to
2: be a part to be a, a, to have been able to see that happen, listen to it all happen, and and be a part of that culture.
3: It's weird to me now because I like still DJ shows and like people come up and they'll, they'll request something new and i'll be like you know sorry it's like it's vinyl night like i don't have it on vinyl because they just don't press it on vinyl yeah rare and then super you know, and then they're like well can you play something i can dance to and i'm like if you can't dance to this what what do you what, yeah like what are you talking about What the fuck did you get your rhythm <laughs> yeah, man because <laughs> tribe uh daylight they're all about keeping it funky
2: yeah you know? Oh, my God. The The beats alone were designed to keep your ass shaking. Yeah. Every beat, you can nod your head to and shake your ass to. Like, oh, man. Do you, my do you mess things?
3: with, like... Do you mess with new stuff? Like, like Iggy Azalea and stuff like that?
2: No. I don't fuck with Iggy Azalea. Neither do I. I, I, I. I'll admit that when she first started coming out, and I didn't know her history or where she was from, and you know, anything about her that the first couple songs I heard that she was on a couple mixtape things here and there, I was like, damn, you know, this bitch c- can flow. And, uh, and then she, she got more popular really quickly. Um, and then come to find out that she's kind of like Ti's pet project and that he <laughs> kind of ghost writes a lot of her shit right. and, and, uh, and kind of coaches her and t- tells her how to act and whatnot. And it's like, it's just weird to well, me. Guys, the only reason
3: know? I asked is because I know you have always been way more open to more, True. Well, I love music in any form. And that's where I'm trying to be now. I'm trying to not just hold myself back to just being like, this producer, he doesn't do samples, so I'm not going to fuck with him. Yeah, I don't want to do that no more. I just want to listen to music for what it is and Mm -hmm. enjoy it. Yeah. Well, well, even,
2: I mean, so take for instance, okay, so yeah, Iggy Azalea. She does have a song on the radio right now that I've heard. I can't remember what the hell it's called, but it has a, a dope chorus and a really good beat. If I hear something with good production... Where the beat's dope and I can nod my head to it or whatever. I don't really give a fuck who's singing on it or whatever as long as the beat's dope and the cadence is good and the voice isn't whack. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's that. But, but then when I really start to appreciate that artist, because there's a lot of songs and a lot of things out there that I don't really appreciate that much, but will, I'll listen to as like background noise. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff. But when I really want to dig into it, then that's when I get picky. Then yeah. I'm like, like the J. Cole thing. When I first heard J. Cole, I was like, uh, but then he put out a couple bangers. And I started paying attention and then I checked on his roots, see where he's from and see how passionate he is. Right. I see that he's real and I'm like, dude, this cat's dope. And not only that, but Jay-Z vouches for him and kind of discovered right. him. So it's like, you know, he's legit.
3: Well, I'm getting down with these records, but it's also kind of like cheating because <laughs> yeah. the, re- the, the 90s stuff is coming back it is and they're trying to bring that back so I'm like it's actually easier for me because I'm like oh this sounds like been there done that yeah and yeah. I love it it's the classic formula that I love in hip hop that uh, that they're bringing back so I'm just like this, this is cool to me yeah oh, you yeah. know what I heard today or I saw today Kanye just released a song with Kendrick Lamar oh and Madlib and Madlib did the production yeah that is crazy
2: fuck yeah Good well, that, well that's gonna be dope that has to be dope. I haven't listened to it yet but I imagine it's sick 'Cause I mean, you got, you know, two of the best lyricists right now and and honestly, probably on a scale of like best lyricists of all time, they can definitely be well, at least Kendrick. Kendrick can definitely be in there. A for rap sure. Rapper. Um production wise, one of the best ten of all time productions for sure, Kanye. Yeah. And and then Mad Lib's dope too, so
3: Yeah, and I love I love Mad Lib's production. Yeah. Not everything. But he I've, gets all bangers every once a while. while yeah. I loved Lupac, his old group from Oxnard. Yeah, hell yeah. from Oxnard. Uh, Lupac was one of my favorites of all time. And yeah. uh, that stuff he did with Freddie Gibbs re- more, more recently yeah, is yeah. really good. Yeah. I like Freddie Gibbs a lot, and I didn't think I was going to like him, but I keep bumping his record.
2: Yeah, that Static Select a that he first put out had like one or two good songs on it, and his new record is it's banger after banger. Yeah. Freddie Gibbs is, is doing, doing some cool shit, so. He's from Gary, Indiana, where, he Michael, is. where Michael
3: Jackson's from. That's right. That's right.
2: And not a lot of hip-hop comes out of Gary, Indiana. At you know, least funny, noticed
3: hip-hop. Kind of, uh, I don't know, this isn't that big of a deal, but I have a friend who lives in in Seattle now, and uh, <coughs> we've, been, we've been both just talking about that Freddie Gibbs record. He's a tattooer, and he tattooed this dude from Gary, Indiana. Like, pretty thugged out, like, dude. And he was like, oh, you know, you fuck with Freddie Gibbs. And he was like, nah, not really. And it's like how are you he's not gonna fuck with Freddie Gibbs when he's from your hometown? You know that is That's weird. You know what I mean?
2: Like, and you think he would? But I mean, you gotta remember, like, that makes that kind of also makes sense though, because a lot of dudes don't get big in their hometown.
3: Yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, excuse me.
2: What they'll do is they'll try to nice <laughs> suburb. What they'll do is they'll tour and shit, and then they get big from that, but they're not they're not that well known. Or you know what it is too? There's haters. Well, yeah, because they yeah. got big in their hometown, and they're like, "Nah, I don't fuck with that dude." Like that's whack. You know that shit even happens to like mediocre acts here that do do good shows and stuff like that. We're like, oh, "I don't really fuck with those dudes." Yeah, just like, because. Yeah, just crazy. because you're hating or whatever, man. Fuck that. That's another thing. Is, is if you're taking your time to make music and to entertain those around you, that's time that you could have spent doing something else. So appreciate it people on the out in the outside perspective of that should appreciate the fact that you want to put in time to make their head nod mm-hmm. and to make them have a better time at their party or the show that you end up performing or whatever else. Cause it's not like, you know, it's not like a lot of us get paid to do this yeah. shit. You know what I'm saying? As a matter of fact, about 90% of the people who make music don't really get paid for it. So when
3: I was, uh, bringing back that Wu-Tang show, yeah. I remember I got in contact with Jaya. Oh, he
1: was right. the one who
3: booked it back in the day. Uh, I got his number, his contact through somebody. I called him and I just straight said, listen, you don't have to pay me. (laughs) I don't want any money. Can I DJ the show? (laughs) He was just like, you're offering to DJ for free? And I was like, yeah. He's he's like, like, all right. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Let me think about this. I was in high school. school. I I remember catching a ride back home with a friend of mine and having to be at school the next day. And I remember just going to... You know, Carson City High School being like, I just, I teach it for Wu-Tang last night. Dude,
2: that's so tight. (laughs) That's so
3: fucking cool. Oh,
2: man. But, uh, yeah, that
3: was cool.
2: Some great fucking memories, man.
3: Oh, shit. Some of them kicks, homie. I like those. These are the New Balance 530s.
2: That's nice. That's And they're like the American colorway, too. The Mm -hmm. kind of gray, red, white, and blue.
3: Yep. And, uh, that's... With an encapsule. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they got to, see. I love New Balances. I'm a huge fan of New Balances. Me and you have always rocked the yeah. New Balances. Yeah, and I know American a lot of people Ma- just think, that, yeah, they started off as a arch support company. Do you know yeah. that?
2: Yeah, and uh, then they're like, I guess we should make shoes. Yeah, right. <laughs> but
3: uh, I love New Balances. A lot of people are like, oh, they're just like old
2: man shoes. But yeah, well, it's because the, whenever you see them, it's an the old dude wearing the big white, the white one, like, like
3: orthopedic <laughs> New yep. Balances and shit. But they just you know what to, it is. It's because New Balance makes a super. They make wide shoes.
2: They do, they do. For us big dudes, wide shoes are nice. Yeah. <laughs> got a big ass foot. Put your Sasquatch foot with yeah. these New Balances.
3: <laughs> I got friends that get every, not every, but they find a new pair of Nike Air Maxes, and they're always just black and white, and they freak out over them, and they yeah. love to drop, hundred sixty bucks, two hundred bucks on a pair that they look exactly this or like the. The Nike running shoes, they all, I mean, nothing against them. Yeah. They just all look the same to me, and I don't see why everyone freaks out. Yeah. New Balance, they make the same shoe over and over, but the colorways are always different. Yeah. Or well,
2: and that's what makes them so cool, is like, mm-hmm. especially the 530s, uh, the ones with the regular end cap sole, uh, and the, the originals, which are the 524s, um, which you can pick up in, in a bunch of different colorways too. Always, they do like they'll end up doing like a limited edition of print where they'll only make like 2500 of one line, yep. which is dope. I remember copping a couple of pairs of those back I in the them day. They do them in themes,
3: yeah. Like, I have uh, like a pair that are like the 574 yacht editions, oh, and yeah. they look like shoes that you would wear, like boat were, shoes. Yeah, they uh, look like the uh, boat shoes. They made a I don't remember what the number was, but they made this was super cool. They made a they had like an employee who worked at the factory for like 20 some, 30 some years or something like that and then retired. And they made a shoe called the New Balance, and then it was his name uh, let's to try. honor him for working. Like the at... New Balance Edwards or something yeah. like that. Wait, <laughs> how cool, so cool is that?
2: That uh, just shows you how dope of a company New Balance is. Yeah. I, I'll admit I'm a fan of Nikes, but I'm a fan of, of comfortable Nikes. I'm a fan of, I do like, I've always been a fan of the Air Max 90s, but I'm a fan of the, Air, the true Air Max 90s with the running sole. Because they make Air Max Nineties with a flat sole in them too, and those aren't real Air Maxes. The real Air Maxes have a true bubble sole, and they have the running sole on them. They actually have the running tread, and they're a little larger arch, um, and they're comfortable. And they don't design many series of those. So when they do design like a limited edition of those, or or if they design a colorway that's never come out, that's a big deal. But those are. The ones that people are buying up like crazy, most of those are, are not real Air Maxes. Right. They're just the ones that they're just like the cheaper ones that everybody wants <laughs> just the black and white ones or the all blacks or whatever, which is cool, whatever. Right. I mean, I do like some of the limited edition Nike stuff. They do come out with some cool shit every once in a while. Um, See, they make a big shoe too, which is nice. Yeah, but... yeah. I mean, I think every manufacturer does now, but the, definitely back in the day, like we think, I remember, you know, from mid-90s until like 2005, you know finding a pair of new balances uh that were dope was like oh shit, like a go like holy mm-hmm. shit like you open the you know the treasure chest and in the or the uh, briefcase and pulp fiction and the light comes out because you <laughs> just found a new pair of new balances that you had never seen before you know um whereas Nike's just been making so many pairs of shoes that it's like, oh, this and this and this so I've been but, seeing
3: a big uh like, a lot more people were rocking uh, New Balances lately, like, in the past couple of oh, years. Oh, really? Yeah. Making a resurgence? Mm-hmm. And, like, stores... More stores are carrying them. Yeah. You know whatever. what I don't get? Mm-hmm. I don't get the fascination with Air Jordans. I don't either, really, now. Yeah. Like,
2: I don't ever... Like, I've never... Like... I've never owned a pair. I'll admit I that. understand, like, the colorways. Like, different colorways, sure. And the different styles. You know? They have different ones that have... They're made a different way or whatever else. And... But they're, like... Dudes straight up pay
3: uh, exorbitant amounts of I wish money. I could be consider myself a sneakerhead, but I just can't afford it. Yeah, no, absolutely People are not. dropping so much money on pairs of Jordans and stuff like that. I wouldn't want to.
2: I'd feel ignorant if I had more than, like, five pairs of shoes. <laughs> New, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, especially unworn.
3: These cats buy these shoes and oh, they, they don't wear them. They keep them in the box. They keep them in the box. Yeah. I have uh, in Carson City at my grandparents' house still. I hope I hope it's still there. This is just funny. My cousin gave it to me when I was a little kid, and it's a all-black... Chicago Bulls uh, bomber jacket.
2: Oh, shit. It's like a starter
3: for, one? It's made for like... It's a kid's size. Oh, shit. It's just all black. Got the straps on the, the wrists. Yeah. The strap around the neck. And it's uh just got the big big red Chicago Bulls logo on the back. That's crazy. I remember rocking that when I was a little kid. So yeah, we were little
2: cool kids. Thing. So, like, I remember like 6th... Probably 5th and 6th grade. Maybe even 7th. Have If you had a starter jacket. A Chicago Bulls mm. or a Raiders starter jacket. You were like, cool. Right. Like... Oh you got oh you got a starter jacket? Oh you can kick it with us. We're the cool kids on the playground. Uh-huh. Like so weird, dude. Like And I would never get that regularly. But my, you, uh, you know what's hilarious is that my so I asked one year I asked for and I specifically said on the thing and, and the starter jackets you could go to like Shopco, which was open back in the day and you could buy one for like thirty five bucks. Well so I asked for one for my parents and instead of getting me like the one that I asked for, they go and buy me this hella nice like leather Chicago Bulls <laughs> jacket. It's like way too nice and like, almost like, like, are you doing this on purpose? Because <laughs> if people see me with this on, I'm going to get
3: fucking laughed at. You know what I'm saying? And like, my parents just were clueless, bro. Growing up. It was like, same. I mean, I grew up with my grandparents. They didn't, they didn't get it. And they hated spending money. Oh uh, yeah. If they didn't have to. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. I think that was every family in the
2: eighties and nineties, to be honest with you. Every, every lower middle class or even middle class family for sure. Um, Oh shit, poor family. There was quite a few times when we were poor living, we lived, I was born in a trailer. (laughs) We lived in a mobile home, yeah, when I was born, I think. And then, uh, and then we lived in a house, like this little rental house in Sparks for a little while. And then, I remember my old man had his business, he was a mechanic, and he, he was doing so well doing that, and then my mom, uh, was working at Wittenberg at the Juvenile Detention Center here in Reno, uh, and they were both making really good money at the time. And so they were able to buy their first house. And, like, that was huge when we were younger. It was like, oh, we get to live in a house now. You know, like, it's so cool. Like, our own place. And mom and dad own it. And that was cool. And just, grown growing up, it's crazy, man. But they never, we never wanted for anything. That's for sure. But it was just like, you know, when Christmas came around, it was time to, like, get that starter jacket. It was like, yeah. nah, I'm going to get you this instead because I found it somewhere for hella cheap. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. uh, it's so funny.
3: Yeah, my grandparents, I don't know. There wasn't really too many points where we didn't have money. It's just that they didn't, they just, they, depression, they grew up through the depression. They yeah. didn't like spending Got money if they on. didn't have to. And then here I am and I'm like, I want to spend all my money on records. And they're like, what? <laughs> you know? And, uh. Why would you do that? Yeah. Like, How would you spend well, all and, money and then and re- actually you said this on your last podcast and I was freaking out at home because same exact thing. I would come home from DJing those three nights a week being a kid. And first thing, my grandma, did you get paid? Yep. And I'd be like, "Had you explain to your grandma? No, no. But I DJed for Wu Tang. But the experience <laughs> was worth so much to me. Yeah, yeah. You No, nope. no, I didn't. But I hung out with a bunch of people. I made lifelong friends, and I that those things weren't important.
2: One of my favorite yeah. lines from Brother Ali is, "Is I can't pay my rent, off free water and chips. Like that's so true, dude. Like artists don't get paid shit ever mm-hmm. until you until you blow up and, oh, yeah. and actually have a guarantee." And, do, I mean, look at, like, like my boy Sage Francis, who has worked his ass off. Like, honestly, I don't think there's anybody in the hip-hop game, literally, no joke, that has worked harder than him in the last ten years. Watching him plan his own tours and do his own record label, and the dude is a workhorse. And the only reason why he is as big as he is and does as well as he does and is able to tour and make money in that is because he fucking constantly hustles. Dude's always working. You know, well, he's got his own label. Yeah, he has his own label. He he has he tours every people. every year. He even vowed to quit touring a couple of years ago, and then said "fuck it" and just kept doing it. <laughs> it's like, so I mean, you know, you're a workhorse when you can't stay away from the game.
3: Man, that was another time in hip hop that I was kind of freaking out, and all you guys were pumped was the anti-con. Yeah, days.
2: Well, that was so for us, especially with with a lot of it being watching them. So you got to remember, this is time frame wise, this is. When I first heard Anticon was in the late 90s. So I want to say 98, 99. And so there was still kind of the East Coast, West Coast thing, and underground hip hop really hadn't been paid attention to that much. So you hear this sound that's dope. The production's dope on some of it, and it's weird and quirky and fun. And it's it's it makes you want to listen to it more because of how strange it is, but it's mm-hmm. dope at the same time. Like I fell into it like a fucking bear trap. Dude. I remember like, all
3: you guys were always like, "I'm going to San Francisco to some anti-con show," and yeah. and I was always like, "What?" Like I saw the, <laughs> I saw those guys enter the a freestyle battle, and they just made a mockery of the whole thing. I was like well, <laughs> holding a grudge because they weren't into the classic hip hop sound. Yeah, maybe I need to listen to it again because I feel like now that I I might have an appreciation for it. Now. Yeah, well, and back then
2: i mean i can listen to those old anticon albums now and there's a you know song after song that that will point to a time in in my life that's a memory you know and that's what i refer music for me is memories so like like everything for all the albums that i've loved or whatever almost every one of them there's a song on there that reminds me of this person or that experience or or this trip or whatever else so um And Anticon was, you know, was an awesome point in my life where a lot of things were changing. I was growing up, and and uh, and that's what's so beautiful about hip hop is that it just was kind of really profound at that time to listen to conscious rap over pretty good production, but like different stuff right and and know that it was like these cats that all came together in san francisco and just like wrote this album Mm -hmm. and then you know and then spanned out to have this person from this coast and this person from this area and all these different people but that are like kind of nerdy and just kind of putting it together to be fucking fun and cool you know
3: and i was still just being there like nah nah I'll i'll listen to gangstar yeah I listen to that uh, but
2: see while you were doing that I was still listening to Gangsta. well yeah appreciating but, the fuck out yeah. of it
3: but then also it was easier for me to just hate on it yeah no, I understand
2: <laughs> hey man some people don't like change I understand I mean
3: but I, I don't know I like it it's alright
2: you can be racist towards Ant- Anticonda oh. it's cool <laughs> <laughs> you can be prejudiced dog. isn't those one he's black isn't he no he's not he's a fucking awkward looking white dude is he yes Dos one is an awkward looking white dude who has a crazy voice.
3: I thought and he was like a weird like half
2: black. Did he have, did he have an afro? One no. Kind of? Nope. He has like stringy dirty hair in like a lot of those old <laughs> videos and shit. But dude, he battles Eminem at one of the scribble jams mm-hmm. and actually
3: kills it. Like it's kind of crazy. Yeah. I had a scribble jam DVD and uh, yeah. he goes against Peace from the Freestyle Fellowship. Oh, that's right. Well, okay. So he goes against someone. It shows like a snippet of his freestyle and it's mostly just funny. Yeah, and then I was like, "What? A, this guy is weird. He's got like his shirt all pulled up like a like 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 a cheerleader yeah. would have her, yeah. you know." <laughs> and, uh, and he and, has that voice, and he's got this weird. And he's just <laughs> going, <laughs> he's just going real fast. And I don't think it's, he's really saying anything. And then I'm watching the video, and then he keeps popping up. And I was like, "You know what that means? That means you, he keeps winning beat rounds, he yeah, fucking <laughs> smash pulls, so, dude." And then he goes against Peace from uh, Freestyle Fellowship, <coughs> and after he goes, Peace mimics dose one style and he just starts spitting a bunch of weird shit at him and saying oh, a bunch of weird damn. shit and wiggling his hand all funny that's tight <laughs> um, i don't think i've seen that video it's cool uh of course rest in peace idea won that year oh like that's right pretty that's much right. every year Man. That, i think it was the year before that idea had to go against brother ali which was funny because yeah. like two friends drove up together and then yeah. they, up having and then the they had to battle each other yeah two dope fucking lyricists yeah. that
2: uh I mean honestly both of those dudes at that time were ahead of their time for sure. And it sucks that, that dude I mean that's you know it's crazy dude and I, I don't want to digress too much, uh uh but substance abuse and it causing the death of great people, especially even people close. I mean, dude we've lost I lost two close friends a few years ago to substance abuse. Um I you know in the entertainment industry alone, just all these great talents you know from young to old, from known to unknown, are just constantly embattled with these addictions and things, and it just, it's just sad, man, yeah, to watch. It's crazy. It really is Ugh. awful. Tight. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Anyways, let's pick it up. Where do we go from here? <laughs> oh man, substance abuse. Yo,
2: yo. So let's talk about. That hair-on. What's up? (laughs) No. That that hair-on. That hair-on, man. Um, Nah, fuck all that shit. But anyway, back to that positivity. Uh, I was online the other day, and I was looking at the, I guess they had just had the Golden Globe Awards or whatever, and uh, one of my favorite celebrity crushes came on, Miss Olivia Munn. Do you know who Uh, she
3: is? Is she the... uh... She's the one that does like video game stuff too. She
2: did, yeah. She so her first yes. shit was like she was on G four and do the mm-hmm. video game I stuff. I And um where I where I really fell in love with her was on newsroom. She was like this bad bitch on newsroom and like <laughs> had this attitude, but was like kind of like bossy, but super cute and super like intelligent, but also sexy as hell. And that for me was like it. Like that boom celebrity crush. I love her. Well, she's dating uh, Aaron Rodgers. She's dating the the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. You know, oh, and uh, and she's like she's going to be in the new X Men movie that's coming out in like a year or two and stuff. But like, I don't know. I just you know, it's, I w- what are your celebrity crushes, dude? Um, Do you have any? Uh,
3: okay, so I feel like some people would feel me on this, and some people are going to think I'm weird. I don't know. Have you have you watched that new show, Jessica Jones? Oh yeah. The main girl on that. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to look up her name right now. I'll look. I'll look it up. I think for it's, you. it's Kristen Ritter. Kristen Ritter.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. No, she. So I. So uh, I saw her. She. She was in Breaking Bad for a few episodes. Oh, was she? Um, and she's been in some other things. She got.
3: She had like a show. Don't trust that Bee. and. Yeah, apartment, the Bee Department Two and Three oh, or some somehow. shit like that.
2: Yeah, which was not good.
3: I. It was weird. I. I was, remember seeing her, and I was like, because she was in that movie a while ago. It was, like she's just not into you or something like that. And I remember, she's like a, she doesn't have a big role or anything. Yeah. I remember being like. Well, she's
2: always been just like a character actor. She's a little part in this, a little part in yeah. that.
3: But in Jessica Jones, she's
2: dope. Yeah,
3: well, something about her. I don't know. She's just, she's all. I don't
2: know. She's, she's kinda, like sassy. Kinda, she's kind of glimsy like something looking about but her. I don't know. <laughs> she's got like a big forehead and like. Yeah, she's all like. But she's got like a tight out. frame on her and she's cute. Like, I, I don't know. Hair, I'm into that. Yeah, That's true. always cool. I honestly love any hair. That, as long and, as they have oh, hair. Her uh, <laughs>
3: What's her name? Anna Kendrick.
2: Oh yeah, Anna Kendrick is like the, she's like the cute, hot girl, like something about her. Yeah, she's super adorable. Like you just want to pinch her head off. She's so cute. It's hella fun. Uh, What?
3: No, yeah, you're right. Not like,
2: (laughs) not like real. I'm saying, not all the way off. You know what I'm saying?
3: Those, those are two of mine. Who what,
2: what, what about man crushes, dude? You have any celebrity man, man crushes? crushes? Wow. Mine's my my big celebrity man crush is The Rock. I love The
3: Rock. I think The Rock is I've read a lot of stuff on The Rock. He's dope. He's a yeah. really cool I, I like how funny He's he a is. cool
2: motherfucker. He he cares about people but doesn't give a fuck about what people think. He just lives his life and has fun and is all about, you know, being
3: fit and lifting. Yeah, and you know it's funny. Is I being saw productive. I saw a bunch of workout routines of his and he's not even about being huge. No, he, he just runs works out, out all he the time. He does a lot of cardio. Yeah. He does a lot of, but then when it's time to, to get big, he switches up his diet, he switches up his workout Man. and he fucking just,
2: he's been he doing it for years. Huge. I mean, his whole life from playing all the way up into college football and he probably could have gone pro if he wanted to, but I think he ended up doing pro wrestling and shit kind of followed it as I think his grandpa's footsteps, who he looks exactly oh, yeah, like, right. um, and then, I mean, who knows if he ever has done any type of growth hormone or steroids or whatever, but the dude looks like a brick shit house. Like, he's, yeah. he's fucking built. Always. Like, you never see him when he looks deflated. The dude is just a mm. specimen. So, yeah, for sure, dude. Like, if I could one day look half as good as The Rock, <laughs> I'd be pretty excited about it. Yeah, he seems like a cool dude. <laughs> he should get a podcast. The Rock should have a podcast. Or he, or he should come to the Hella Podcast and just... Dude, how tight would that talk, be if The Rock came to the hell of podcast? Shit. I wouldn't know what
3: to do. I'd be, ner- I'd be like... I'd just be like, yeah, what's up? We me fill in biceps, dude. No homo. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'd just be trying to eat with him because I feel like he puts it down.
2: i tried try to fucking hit him up on his cheat day. Be like, yo, <laughs> Rock, did your cheat day? Let's do this shit. Yeah. Told pizzas. <laughs> just fatness.
3: <laughs> and then he'd make us get in the gym and...
2: And kill us yeah. and yell at us. I love it. He has his videos on. Instagram and Vine and shit where he's in the gym. And he's at a public gym somewhere, you could tell. And he'll get distracted by somebody in the gym. But then because he gets distracted by them, he'll stare at them and yell, focus. <laughs> hella loud. And pretty much, I think he yells it until A, he focuses and B, they focus on him. Uh-huh. And uh, it's fucking
3: hilarious. It's tight. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, I just saw um, I just saw The Revenant. So I guess I'll, I'll go with Leo just because... Uh, Dude.
2: Because he was dope in that movie, I want to see it again because of how good that fucking movie was. To go see it, dude. I, and I will, I will buy just the edge of my seat because that's all I'll need, <laughs> dude. That was so good. He did. If he doesn't get the fucking Oscar for this role, yeah, I don't know. Like,
3: sorry, has he never won one?
2: He's been he's been nominated like numerous times. I think Titanic he was nominated for, like uh, Wolf of Wall Street he was nominated for, but the dude never wins ever. That's crazy to me. And, and he's a fucking fantastic actor. Like, dude, the bear scene? That Gnarly. was insane. Gnarly. Not trying spo- to... Not spoiler. Try, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> spo- 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 spoiler alert. <laughs> um, the bear scene's crazy. Although, you can, they that's online. Like, that he gets attacked by the bear right, in the right, movie. Right. Um, just the fact that every time you turn around in that movie, the dude's luck is completely ran out, but somehow he continues to survive. Like... And the way he acted that out, not only that, but the, I guess he broke like two ribs during, during the filming and I a bunch of other shit too. Yeah, I like, heard he learned like, his his dedication. Three, three different languages. Yeah. His dedication is is insane. Yeah. If he doesn't win an Oscar for this, I don't know what, yeah, I like, mean, <laughs> whatever. Something's weird, something's weird. It's, it's almost as big a mystery as them not having any black actors in any of the categories. That's another thing too. Did you see that? Two years in a row oh, now, oh. there's no black actors nominated for any of the major uh, categories. Not one, dude. I didn't know that, but that sounds crazy. Two years in a row. And there's been great performances. A lot of, like, tons of great... I think the last person who got nominated was uh, the year 12 Years a Slave came out. Uh, What's-His-Face was nominated for it, the lead actor in that. Um, I can't remember his name right now. bad names. But I know
3: what you're talking about... Yeah,
2: That's yeah. That's crazy. I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know what was going on. It's, like a, it's, a, it's a big deal right now. A lot of people are talking about it. But I don't know enough about it to continue to wax right. philosophic on it. So we'll... We'll change the subject up, but yeah,
3: um, man, a lot of good movies coming out. I'm excited for Deadpool. I'm really looking forward to Deadpool. A lot, of, you know, and a lot of people aren't that stoked at it. Who love Deadpool, like, really? Yeah, I've been talking, talking to people, and I'm like, man, this is gonna be awesome because i I'd like, I watched the trailer not too long ago, and I yeah. got all re-pumped. And I was talking to people, and they're like, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. And I'm like, yeah, I know it's Ryan Reynolds, and he's you know, yeah, but the,
2: if you think about it as 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 deadpool is written in his in the comic books he's a sarcastic
3: prick i think he's doing great i mean yeah, people are just cuz last deadpool attempt was horrible no and then and green, you can't count that green lantern was horrible green lantern was bad so but i mean they keep giving him chances i think it's because he has something to say
2: well and this is a true Mar- marvel movie mm-hmm. it's it's actually written directed by people who consult marvel um, the dude that 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 wrote that created and wrote most of the majority of the Deadpool comics that it was evolved with it um, said that this is the best, like incarnation of and or and or production of a comic book into a movie uh, for Deadpool that he could ever think of. He's like, there's no other way to do this. It's it's almost perfect. So yeah. if that's the case, then you're gonna laugh your ass off. It's gonna be gory and fun and fucking hilarious. I, I can't wait. He's I can't listening wait.
3: to shoot. By salt and pepper, fucking. I heard sometime. they only they only CG, they only did his eyes, the CGI or whatever. Oh, really? Yeah. The white uh, in mm-hmm. the suit because his you know his eyes are always so like yeah they're moving around a lot. Sure. So I saw like a picture of him full suit, but his eyes are cut out because they're just gonna put those in later. Oh shit! So the white of that eye.
2: <sighs> That's tight. Deadpool's <laughs>
3: gonna be all those movies. I love all those movies. Um,
2: like the Avengers, basically all the Mar- Avengers, new Marvel universe yeah, movies. I love
3: them all. Uh, I just watched. Now that it's out on DVD, Ant Man. I thought it's that, so good. I thought it was a great movie. Ant Man was dope. Honestly,
2: was, because when they first cast Paul Rudd for that, I was like, I don't know if he could, but he kills it. Yeah, he does great. He does look good. So and he got all cut. He did. He I'm got in good that
3: shape. From Leo to, I'm going with Paul Rudd. Really? <laughs> hey, he keep you laughing. And he's Paul yeah. Rudd's and it's mm-hmm.
2: funny, and he's good at what he does. Yeah. I'm a fan of all the Apatow movies, too. Like, all the stuff that Paul Rudd's done, like 40-Year-Old Virgin. Oh, hilarious. And yeah. All those, all those ones
3: are great. Remember when he was in Clueless? Yes. Oh, my God. Isn't Clueless.
2: That crazy? That is all the crazy. Well, he looks the same. He does, except for, obviously, super young. Like, he's all fresh-faced. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because if you look at him now, he's kind of got some crow's feet going on. He's getting a little older, for sure. That's
3: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> stupid.
2: Um... <coughs> <laughs> hmm. You know one thing that I did want to talk about which is probably the only serious although hip-hop's kind of a serious topic. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. Man. We're just talking about music. I hope that's not... No, no. Don't apologize. <laughs> this is... The Hella Podcast is all about talking about shit that's hella cool whether it's music or or talking about shit that's hella controversial right. or hella intriguing or hella engaging hella. or any number of hella slash things going on. <laughs> so, So... No apologies needed, my man, because we're just going to talk about whatever we feel like talking about, and uh, and hopefully the people will listen to it and have fun with us. Cool, and that's the whole point. So, um, I did want to talk about this: uh, the water crisis in Flint, Michigan, and how fucked up it is that the government of a city allowed <laughs> that not only had a resource for clean water to begin with, but because they wanted to cut which essentially in, in reading about it and seeing articles about it, essentially amounted to about a hundred dollars a day, which is nothing to a city's budget. They basically poisoned their whole population with lead and corrosive water
3: and for 18 months.
2: Yeah. For 18 months. And when they already had a source from Lake Huron, so they decided to move to a 19 times more corrosive river, That runs through their town, all of the pipes going to a lot of the homes because of the uh, corrosive effect of the water and a lot of those pipes being old as shit and being lead corroded and now people have lead poisoning. Their kids have lead poisoning. Lead poisoning is one of the most toxic things that you can have in you. That is, you know, that comes in through the water and is detrimental to your brain. It's like awful for you. It basically, like small amounts of it, lower your IQ and and can be detrimental to the whole population. It's just crazy to me that in an industrialized nation like ours, where you know, where there is governmental oversight of things from the federal level all the way down to states, counties, cities, and whatnot, that somebody would be so inept and so fucking bad at their job and such a piece of shit that they would A, not test the water that they want to switch over to, um, either that or knew about it and did it willfully because they didn't give a fuck about the people in that population, which is, just shows you how fucking shitty right. uh, people are for and politicians they, for 100
3: bucks a day. For their, yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, it reminds me of those, those fucking awful commercials that made you feel like shit because you didn't end up sending the money. But they were like, they were like for only 32 cents mm-hmm. a day, you can save an African child with flies buzzing on his face and, and shit in the water next to him. It's right. like, oh, for $100 yeah. a day, you could save the whole population of Flint, Michigan. But no, you
3: decided to cut that in your budget because you're a cocksucker. Yeah, and the, he drank the water. As like a way to be like, Oh, it's fine. As a stunt. And then he and then eighteen eighteen months later he goes and says, Man, I really regret doing that but it's like that doesn't mean anything. Everyone's already been drinking the water yeah. and, and living in the water, like showering and cleaning and using all that water. And what what, a, what what does that mean now?
2: Yeah. What kind of a sociopathic fucking weirdo do you have to be to do that to people? I mean, you're you're literally shortening their lives. And some people may develop cancer or brain lesions or tumors or any number of random things depending on how, you know, how bad or how corrosive the water was, how many chemicals were in it, or how much lead was in it. I mean, dude. And a fucking... lot of these
3: people, you know, Flint, Michigan is a pretty bad area. Yeah. A lot of these people don't have it in their budget to go out and buy bottled water yeah. every day.
2: Very true. Very true. I mean, shit. If I was if I was living there, first thing I would have done is dug up three bucks and went and bought a yeah. th- thing of water. Yeah. But then again, you have people that are on, you know. I mean, the majority of the population there is black and poor, and and has been, you know, ha- has been a not afforded opportunities because there's not a lot of industry in Flint anymore because of all the car companies that have gone under or moved their facilities. I mean, I think in Flint, Michigan, it used to be where the largest GM plant was, and that yeah. shut down. Um, and that was basically where a lot of the population got their infrastructure and money from. You have to be able to to um, have business in a city for a city to work. If you don't, if there's not something that's driving the economy, you it ends up becoming a ghost town. And that's ultimately what Flint kind of became for a little while there. Um, and now a lot of the people that live there are poor. I think the poverty line is, is like, or the poverty rate there's 40%. Meaning 40% of people live below the poverty line and are, and are on,
3: and are on government assistance. So, so I'm, I'm thinking about being a kid growing up in Carson city. I don't know. This is probably isn't that normal for most people. I, we never had a, a water filter or bottled water. I drink yeah. I drink water out of the tap like, yeah. every, every day. And to even bring that, that idea to my grandma would like, Oh, we should drink bottled water. She'd be like, what? yeah no <laughs> no when we I'm got like, mountain water right we have here. uh tap water so it's like yeah. being a kid you don't know any better if you're drinking out of the tap you're just yeah. drinking out of the tap. even when it comes out
2: you know kind of miscolored you're just like oh it's oh it's what it's been treated whatever blah, blah blah i mean these people i mean, i've watched a video you watched it earlier yeah. with me too where they're like literally it's like it looks like shit water it looks yep. like brown river water straight and then it's got sediment and shit in it too from their tap that's that's wrong that's just wrong man that's dirty. That's fucking dirty, man. Yeah, and there's, I do not get how people live with themselves. They, not only that, but how in the fuck is the governor and whoever was in charge of the Public Utilities Commission in that area not in jail right now? Yeah, right. They endanger the lives yeah. of, uh, how many people are in Flint? 40,000, 50,000, something like that? It's a pretty big city, I think. Maybe less, whatever. Yeah, it doesn't matter. The
3: city has a lot of regrets, so it's okay. Yeah, no, that's fuck that. <laughs> fuck your regrets. Man. Yeah. I know.
2: You literally have—I mean, it might as well be attempted murder. You fucking might have ruined some people's lives with your decision because you wanted to cut money in a budget or whatever else, and that's just—that just ain't right, man. We need a change. That's so why I'm voting for Bernie Sanders. He my
3: man. Feeling the burn. From what I—I'm feeling the burn too. You know, and not trying to just be about hip hop this whole time, but I—I I watched a lot of those videos on with him chilling with Killer Mike. Yeah. And it just seems like he's he's about his shit. He's a, I feel like we can all like kind of relate to him. He's he says some cool shit. Yeah, um, I think he's truly. Killer Mike is throwing some crazy questions at him, and yeah, and he's, he's knocking really, him down, killing yeah.
2: it. That's what that's why I like Killer Mike. That's why I like Bernie. I, I like Killer Mike because he's a straight up honest dude, and he's and he's street, but he also is knowledgeable and Definitely. he's intelligent. Well, he's a so, businessman. He owns, like, yeah, bunch he owns a and stuff. Yeah, not that, but he's a, he's a dope artist that run the Jules album is, is fucking dope. And the music, new music he's working on is dope too. Um, but to, to see a, a Brooklyn born old, the man is 70 years old, Jewish, uh, now, you know, now obviously Senator from Brooklyn, who's now Senator of Vermont. Um, to watch him and, and, and his years through Congress and look at his voting record and see that he has voted against everything that would, that would violate our human rights, our individual rights, our civil rights, anything that would affect us and our individual liberties, he has voted against every time for 30 years. Nobody has that consistency. He does. He fought for everything from civil rights. He stood up for black people when it wasn't popular years and years ago during civil <laughs> rights. For he's real. Old. He's old. He's old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh and he's always as far as I can see, he's always been in the right. Right. Which is and he's always been in the right and it hasn't it's not like he does it as a sacrifice. He's in the right because that's how he really feels. You can tell. He's super passionate about it. And that's one of the reasons why I love him is is I want somebody in the White House who's passionate about about Humanity, who actually cares about this country and understands that this country is built on the people that work. This country is built on, you know, its infrastructure can only remain strong by the workers who who need to be unionized and have better benefits and have better wages, who it's 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 made better by the poor people being able to have opportunities for education and have opportunities to actually uplift themselves. It's, you know, once you have those opportunities, it's on them to not pursue them or pursue them. But the thing is, is you have to give it to them. If you're in a nation that is, is as advanced as America is quote unquote, um, it's something that just has to be done. And for our nation to move forward, because we've come so far, We were so, there were so many bad things done in the Bush presidency. Uh, um, Not HW, but uh, Jr., George Bush Jr., Um, you know, from needless wars, uh, the banks failing, the financial crisis, all that stuff. I mean, it was just a shit show. Everything that could go wrong during a presidency went wrong, especially during his second term. So for Obama to, to take that shit sandwich that he was dealt and to, you know, increase job growth and to finally bring us out of the recession that we were in then and uh, to, you know, to allow for Dodd-Frank and Glass-Steagall to help regulate the housing industry, to help regulate Wall Street so that the, so the con- consumers who actually would work with Wall Street and work, uh, you, you know, and, and and use their money to invest in those things can be protected, you know, whether it be property or, or stocks or whatever else. So, um in order to keep the country moving forward, we can't afford to have any of the Republicans as a president. We just can't because none of them have progressive values. None of them understand what has happened over the last 16 years. Uh, first, the first eight, which was awful. The second eight, which has been better. But there's some things that can be better um, even still. Um, and third... As a nation, as the large population that we are with technolog- technological revolution, with um, with the way voting is happening, with the fact that we aren't a technical representative democracy anymore, we're really a, a oligarchy, we're ran by, by – I know it's, the wind is whipping outside oh. – um, we're basically ran by corporations who are giving money – to lobbyists and to, you know, people in Congress and the House of Representatives and stuff to vote a certain way so that they can get bills passed for themselves, um, and that has to change. Our political system has to change. Our, our monetary system has to change. Our idea of how the world, how America can be ran uh, from the top down has to change because that hasn't worked ever. Um, And to understand that when you infuse education and opportunity and money into the poor and the lower class or lower middle class or even middle class, when you allow them these opportunities and more money and more time and more appreciation to do these things, the nation will grow exponentially. And anybody with half a brain can see that. So I'm pumped on the fact that all those things that I just described are in Bernie Sanders' agenda. The dude wants America to actually be on the road to being one of the great nations. One of, the, one of my favorite things when I was traveling uh, in Europe, especially in 2011, I went backpacking with my sister over there for a month. And just going from from city to city, whether it was uh, being in, you know, in the in the Alps uh, or, or, or in, um, in Sweden or oh, sorry, not Sweden, in Switzerland or in Rome or wherever we went. Austria, you name it. Uh, one of the biggest things that came up was I always asked people how their healthcare system was, how it was paid for, how their taxation was, and this and that, and and you know for crime rates, all that stuff. And you look at these nations over there that a have have really good. Um, trade deficits and GDP ratios, um, that are doing well governmentally, that are doing well financially, that are doing well physically, and the one thing they have in common is their people are happy because they make a great living wage, no matter who they are, they're taken care of by their government, no matter who they are, how much they're being taxed, they're, they've got comprehensive healthcare, they've got uh, comprehensive you know um, preemptive care for certain things, they get discounts on, on everything that has to do with health, they you know they get paid leave for if they are you know say a woman's pregnant you get a couple mm-hmm. of months paid leave to make sure that you can be there for the intrinsic part of the baby growing up so um i think that has to be taken into account uh in this country because this country has always just been about making money and really everything else has been an afterthought and so i'm hoping that uh that by feeling the burn and spreading the love that uh, people will understand that too um yeah that's definitely you know what i'm saying yeah sorry to go on the political rant no
3: no that's you know i need, I need to stay more up more on stuff like this i missed the the debates the other day i wish i'd caught them i think i can find them. i'm sure they're on youtube or whatever
2: or... yeah for sure it's that's pretty good i can't watch the republican debates it's it's like watching literally monkeys throw shit at each other <laughs> it's so bad and uh the the democratic debate was not bad um they The moderators rushed a little bit here and there, but they had some good topics, some good answers to some questions um I think overall, Bernie probably won the last debate, but I'm biased because I like the dude, but what he had to say was more poignant and more and more pointed towards you know the real people of this country so that's just me and not only that, but I don't like Hillary Clinton. I don't like somebody who takes money. From from all you know, from the big banks, from all the people that have basically ruined or or tried to ruin this country in the last few years by by being completely greedy and taking people's money and ruining lower and middle class people's lives through the financial crisis and stuff, she gets campaign contributions and speaking contributions from like Goldman Sachs and uh, and a few of the other entities that were involved, J.P. Morgan Chase, stuff like that. So, I mean fuck that. You can't say that you're for the middle class and that you're for America uh, you know, for the basically the probably 300 million out of the 330 million people in this country are lower class or middle class, barely middle class some of us, um, and have to work our ass off for a living, you know and okay. have to be in the service industry or, or provide a service to somebody so that their business can run or whatever else, so it's just one of those things where I just appreciate somebody who's for the infrastructure, who's for the base. You know? If right. you're for the people, that's the way you have to be. And you gotta get the money and the bullshit out of politics. You have to you have to provide health care for your people and not just allow pharmaceutical countries to Countries, pharmaceutical companies to price gouge and allow for legislation and allow for, for changing the rules of like the affordable care act. The affordable care act was completely bastardized by the pharmaceutical industry and the healthcare industry, because what they did is they pumped money into their senators through lobbyists and they fought it tooth and nail until they bipartisanly came to an agreement on some of the parts of it where they just screwed the American people over. I don't pay less for insurance anymore than I did before. You know, sure, there's a few more people on insurance now that weren't before quite a few millions of people. So that's a a great achievement. Absolutely. But as sometimes, you know, the need for compromise uh, is a moot point when it comes to the health of a nation, when it comes to the people who are holding up the infrastructure of a nation that are working the small jobs and doing the things that other people don't want to do or or won't do because the pay isn't as good, but they're still doing it because that's what they know. Right. And that's all they can do. So <clears throat> I just, again, just to just sum it up, because I don't want to be super long-winded, <laughs> but love the dude. I think he's passionate. I think he actually gives a fuck, and I think he's going to crack some fucking skulls in the government and change some things, or, or at least try his damnedest to slap some people around and let them know that He's tired of the bullshit, right? And uh, and hopefully we'll be able to get our democracy back because right now it isn't one. So that's where I'm at. I feel you, dog. <clears throat> yeah, man. <laughs> I don't know what. Uh, I feel like talking about anything else? Let's see where we're at. Yeah. Oh, we've been talking for a hell of a long time. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, like
3: an hour and a half. Oh shit.
2: That's well, crazy. you
3: know, you get us on the old days in hip hop. I know and we just like started fucking
2: talking that shit well all right i guess it's that time man um well thanks for letting me stop by dude I absolutely anytime man uh, uh shit maybe one of these times when i get some more sophisticated equipment we can have you spin a little set on this oh, beach I mean, or something that'd be awesome yeah that'd be cool um Uh, We don't have any sponsors or nothing, but I usually like to thank a few of my friends' local businesses at the end. Um, Of course, there's my business, Ace Technology Services, where I do everything from systems administration work to break-fix work for computers. Uh, You can find that website at technologyreno.com or at acetechreno.com. If you need any IT work, computers fixed, any troubleshooting, any of that stuff, we do that. Um, Reno City Kickboxing, uh, it is, uh, ran, ran by a friend of mine, Brennan. Um, and it's a great spot. A lot of friends go to it, uh, learning, uh, traditional Muay Thai kickboxing, uh, becoming fit, becoming more disciplined. Great spot. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's really all I can think of for, for right this minute. Um, what do you got? You got anybody you want to talk about? Any uh, shout outs?
3: just, uh, just, uh, when I'm DJing and stuff like that, me and, uh, couple of friends of mine got a little crew. We call them the Thermites Crew.
2: Thermites Crew? Yeah.
3: Tight. So, and then uh, we got a Facebook and all that. It's just facebook.com slash thermites. Okay. And, uh, you know, that was, that'll keep you updated on all the shows we DJ. And we're doing a lot of cool things. We're doing, uh, aside from just DJing shows, like on the weekends, we're trying to start doing uh, record swaps, record, you know, things like that. People bring, buy, sell, trade records. We're going nice. to try to get a couple record stores in on it for the summer trying to blow those up we're doing uh i think we're gonna do a workshop um i want to give some dj lessons nice even if people are using computers and whatever i know a bunch of bunch of stuff that can help people with djing oh absolutely you know and uh we got a couple friends with with like who are producers who can do uh they're gonna give a little you know a little how-to on uh production stuff and stuff like that nice you yeah, guys should do like some YouTube videos and shit. I feel like we're that would go over Eventually. Really well. That's what the whole point... Well, that's why we're kind of banding together. called, You know. And uh, we're eventually going to get on that. We're just trying to get some things planned for hopefully like the summer. And stuff like I got to some fun things cracking. Not just shows that we're DJing. But a couple things for everybody. Nice. Man. You know what I mean? And we do... We have a SoundCloud. And that's... It's just SoundCloud.com slash The Thermites. Yeah, nice. <laughs> so I'm putting up a mix on there. Probably throughout the week. It's going to be like just... No real rhyme or reason to it. Probably with some old stuff, some new stuff, some like cuss, like some like crazy turntable stuff that I'm gonna do. Nice, dude. So keep an eye out for those things.
2: Yeah, let me know when you put that out. I'll put it up on the on the Hella Podcast, not only the Facebook page, but uh, on the website when I finish building it and right.
3: whatnot. So, and I'm not, you know, if you if you're ever coming out to a night that I'm DJing, it's not just me being a hip hop kid. Uh, we party rock. We get the place going. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's fun. No, I've, I've been to several events where you, you guys
2: are DJing it's super fun man it's a dance party so yeah uh, come out guys what's
3: your next show uh, I got uh, fr- this Friday at uh, St. James okay it's gonna
2: be St. A James Infirmary St. Or... St. James Infirmary okay so,
3: so. that's uh, what on California
2: Street right mhm okay that's... and is that just you or is it you and it's gonna
3: be me and then uh, Jamal and our friend Wes I guess we have alter like funny DJ names but it <laughs> whatever color, yeah. 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 We're the same right now. I feel silly when I'm all like, oh yeah. want to say some silly ass shit? It's okay? Me, stacks wax, DJ destruct in the house. No, it's, <laughs> it's you know, we're three DJs with three different personalities and, and we uh you know, Jamal has a ton of rad like just classic 45s, they'll play reggae, we'll go into like some old Motown stuff. I can get I got a lot of old r and B, a a lot of good hip hop, a lot of some new stuff nice. that I like to play. And then you know, between the three of us, we could definitely get a, get a night going. Hell yeah, it's definitely so For sure, see.
2: I'm looking forward to it. I'm gonna. I might be out of town this weekend because uh, I'm gonna. I'm filling in on bass for Sword and Vengeance for some shows coming up in March and April, like March through summer, I think. Because uh, our buddy John, that plays base for him now, has I guess he's going on a trip or I don't know what he's doing, but he can't do it so i'm gonna fill in i'm going down this weekend to start learning the parts and stuff and then um and then me and ryan are gonna do some songs on their next few shows together do like dual vocals on them um a because i've always supported those dudes and b because i've always i mean we grew up together so um so i might be out of town for that so i'm gonna miss it most likely so Mm -hmm. if i do Find,
3: find the Thermites on Facebook. You find stay the da- Thermites. Stay That's updated right. on all our Yeah, let me know in
2: that SoundCloud. Do you have a mix-up on there so I can bump
3: it Jamal in. has Hello. one right now, and it's uh, he calls it the slow skate mix. Yeah. He's got a bunch of like really the cool... Slow mix. Oh, shit, when you're trying to rex with your girl skating yeah, backwards. Yeah, exactly, it's exactly what it is. Damn, dude. It's dope. Try to put that skate leg between her legs <laughs> and shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I look at it. All of our mixes are basically to be like, if you're ever at home kicking it, and you're cleaning, you're vacuuming, doing Transition dishes, whatever, on. turn on, turn it up, and... It might make the day a little bit better. So, so
2: for the future, is that what I mean? That's what you're gonna be doing, DJing, making mixes, just trying to stay involved with music as much as possible.
3: Yeah, I mean that's where I'm at right now. Just getting back into the flow of where I kind of left off. I think
2: you yeah. know, and as kind of your big brother, I think I can take that credit a little bit. I think I think it's a good idea, man, because you've always been the musical cat. Like you've always been like very good at it, at anything you touch. You're one of those people that's just like musically, you're super talented. Like to not, and, not to try and be like I mean, oh. no,
3: as it goes you know further it goes I honestly want to try my hand at some production stuff see how that works out for sure you know
2: sky's the limit my man yeah no. hey it's a new year I'm gonna try
3: everything but rapping yeah. I, never, I <laughs> I'll never, do that never, never, never rap, been
2: my thing if you need a rapper holler at me alright and it'll, be, <laughs> it'll at least be funny you know that oh yeah <laughs> alright man uh, so this is episode 3 of the Hella Podcast hope you guys enjoyed it uh, if you have any questions, comments, concern, or want to be a guest on the show, hit us up, Brandon at the helipodcast.com. That's Brandon, B R A N D O N, at the helipodcast.com. And basically, much love from me to all of you. Peace. <laughs>
0: You say one for the trouble, two for the time Come on, y'all, let's rock this You say one for the trouble, two for the time Come on Speech is my hammer, bang the world in shape, now let it fall huh. Restlessness is my nemesis, it's hard to really chill and sit still Committed to page, I write around, sometimes won't finish for days Scrutinize my literature, from the large to the miniature I mathematically add, minister, subtract the wax, select the Will it back, I'm feeling that, from the core to the perimeter Black, you know the motto, stay fluid even in staccato Full-blooded, full-throttle, breathe deep inside the drum hollow there's the hum, young man, where you from? Brooklyn number one, native son Speaking in the native tongue, I got my eyes on tomorrow While you still trying to find where it is I'm on the Add ad where it, where lives, it lives, lives and dies Violently, violently silently, shine so vibrantly That I squint and catch a glimpse Embrace the bass with my dog, ink fingertips Used to speak the King's English But caught a rash on my lips So now I chat just like this Long range from the baseline. line Move like an apparition go to the ground with ammunition Ch-ch-bowl. Move from the gate, voice queued on your tape, putting food on your plate. Many clues can relate. Who choosing your fake? Yo, we went from picking cotton to chain gang line choppin' to be popping to hip hoppin'. Loose people got the blue chip stock option. Invisible man, got the whole world watching. Where you at? I'm high low, east west, all over your map. I'm getting big props with this thing called hip hop Where you can either get paid or get shot when your product gets stopped. The fair weather friends flock when your job position drops. Then the phone calls chill for a minute. Let's see who else hot snatch a spot. Don't gas yourself up. The industry just a better built cell block. A long way from the shell tops and the bells the L rock, 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 rock Prosecution evidence out-of-court settlement. Add space for liquor. Sick without benefits. Huh. Luxury tenements choking the skyline. Is low life getting treetop high? Hit is a backwater remedy Bitter and tender memory A C felony Facing the death penalty Stimulant and sedative Original, repetitive Violently competitive A school unaccredited The break beats you get broken with all time and inappropriate Hip-hop went from selling crack To smoking it Medicine for loneliness Remind me of the loneliest and dizzy Why the B-boys getting busy? The wartime snapshot The working man's jackpot A $2 snack box So beneath the cracks For Olympic sponsor of the black Gold medalist in the back shot. From the sovereign state of the half knots where farmers have trouble with cash crops. It's all city like phase two, and I will simply amaze you, praise you, pay you, do whatever you say, do. But black, it can't save you.